0: Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies, And today we are talking about mom rage. If you have ever felt like this monster has come out of you and you were once for a moment, happy mom. And the next moment you are the Hulk, you will relate to this. So I have Minna Dubin. She is a writer, speaker, and public artist in the Bay Area in California. Her writing has been published in the New York Times, Parents Magazine, The Forward, Romper, and other literary outlets. And this summer, she has been talking about mom rage on MSNBC, Good Morning America, and most recently had the honor of Bill Maher reading from her New York Times essay, The Rage Mothers Don't Talk About, and then making fun of it. And Minna is also currently writing a book about mom rage. So I've got a great person to talk about that. We go into it. What is it? Why is it happening? What do we do about it? How do we talk to our kids about it? So I think you will enjoy that if you have ever opened up. And a monster came out. Let's also talk about the shame that can happen with mom rage. I'll put myself out there. I have been a rageful mom. All right. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. Um, Before we get to that, I just wanted to thank everyone that continues to show up for our online classes. It's crazy. It has been over six months since we've been in the studio. I miss it. I miss the face-to-face. But I'm also really pleasantly surprised what an amazing community we have still formed online. We actually just had a student write in that's in Alaska and told us how she found us online. And even though we are far away from one another, we still are connecting. So how amazing is that, that our community continues to grow and we continue to support one another because these babies are still coming. And just a reminder, we have all these wonderful workshops still online. So please feel free to jump in for that. And then last thing I just want to mention is I've got a couple of workshops and teacher training specifically for yoga teachers. So if you are a yoga teacher and every time a pregnant student walks into your class or now pops onto your Zoom screen, if you have a moment of panic and you're like, they're thinking, I don't know what to do with that person. And then you just kind of ignore them, I have a, have a whole online course called Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi that can help with that so that you have some go-to modifications and really start to understand the anatomical and physiological changes of the pregnant body. So you can make good choices and support that person. We also have the 85-hour teacher training for those that really want to take a deep dive into prenatal yoga with the PYC methodology. So we are starting the early fall one pretty soon. And then there's two spots left for the late fall. And then we are going ahead and opening registration for January and February. So Caprice and I get together. We teach this. We've been doing it for years. It is really one of my favorite things to do. I love teaching teacher training. It's just, it's a joy and an honor and a pleasure. Okay. I think that's enough of me talking. So we're going to take a super quick break and when we come back, please enjoy my conversation about mom rage with Minna Dubin. Hi Mina, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. It's Friday. Excited, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Best part earlier today, I'm like, okay, got a few things checked off my list. Got my podcast, and then it's the weekend. But yes, I'm so excited to have this chat. So I found you online, and when I saw that you were doing a workshop about mom rage, I'm (laughs) who sometimes tends to be a little rageful person myself. I'm like, okay, I need to speak to this person, and we need to discuss this. So. Thank you for giving me a little of your time.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. I'm always happy to talk about mom rage.
0: Yeah, and I'm think... glad that I'm glad that you found me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's start with if you can tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll start to dive deeper.
1: Sure. Um, I am currently a West Coaster. I live in Berkeley, California, um, but I was born and raised in Philadelphia, so I have that East Coastness that I bring with me here. Um I am a queer woman married to a great guy. We have a 3-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old boy who's on the autism spectrum. Um I'm a writer, a writing workshop facilitator, um and I've been writing a long time about motherhood, trying to write about it honestly and critically, and I'm just focused um this year on mom rage.
0: It's a great topic because I think especially with many of us at home all the time with our kids the mom rage is amped up. So I think this is going to be very timely. So I guess let's start with what is mom rage?
1: Yeah. Um, mom rage, you know, for the lay audience, mom rage is kind of like road rage. Um, but for moms, mom rage <laughs> is when um, moms feel uncontrollable anger. Moms have described it as um, feeling like they're being taken over by another entity um, or having a little monster in their throat. They like their throat, uh, their voice can turn to kind of a, a rumbly growl. Uh, it's a pretty intense experience and that anger, um, kind of bursts out at the, of them and then can be directed at their kids or their partners, men in general, everyone around them. It can also, um, turn towards themselves. Um, and it can begin before the baby's out. It can begin in pregnancy, um, postpartum and then kind of any time beyond.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that. So what's your story with mom rage, if you don't mind sharing? Sure. Um,
1: I think that it really began um, when my son was maybe two or three, though now that I know what I'm looking for, I can look back at the four-month sleep regression and at nine months to 12 months when I when we stopped nursing and realized that it was there too. (laughs) I just didn't know, uh, what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it really started when he was two or three, cause that is when, uh, we started having behavioral issues with him and he was, um, hurting other kids at school and even teachers. And every day I would pick him up, um, and kind of get the hit report Uh. from the school. And I started, I feel, I'm sure I had some sort of PTSD of this pickup. I used to dread picking him up and you know, we used every kind of behaviorist and he just didn't, you know, he didn't get, he, he didn't have reason. Like he didn't get why he was doing it. And I just remember those car rides home of me trying to talk to him and be like, but why did that happen? Like, why did you hit him? And he just couldn't tell me, or I would explain to him that it was bad. And he just like, I didn't feel like he was getting it. And I remember just like trying, trying all these different methods of like telling him really gently and like sitting down with him and all these different ways. And eventually I remember just yelling, like trying to get through to him that it was not good that he couldn't do it. Cause I felt like he didn't get it. And I feel like that's when I really remember it beginning.
0: And then how did it progress?
1: Um, I mean, it definitely progressed beyond that particular instance. I think just, you know, motherhood is like this intense relinquishing of power yeah. and, and and control, you know, and I'm someone who's kind of controlling. <laughs> so I think that it is um, especially hard because, you know, we're supposed to raise these little people to be good and kind and healthy and we're responsible for them in all these ways. But also we have absolute no control over what they do or who they're going to be. And it can be really challenging,
0: I think for all moms. I just so, had that top, I just had that conversation with my husband this morning about, <laughs> literally about <laughs> the relinquishing of control and that is funny. Our, our sons are son very similar that he's going to be who he is. It's his karma and. I have to let it be, and it's every part of me that's like, no, I must control and steer this. And I'm like, but I can't, and it it gets me a little rageful.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, I think a lot of it is just like also the kid you have. Like I've always been very proud of that. I have these kids that are super strong personalities. Like my kids are kids that you remember from a class. Like mm-hmm. the teacher is going to in my mind in my imagination, right? <laughs> they're going to remember my kids. Like my kids are loud and they're funny and they're characters. And also they're, they're a little more challenging because when I tell them to do something, they're not necessarily just going to do it. Cause I said, so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I get a lot more pushback I think from my kids. And so there's, I think there's also just some like personality clashing of like me saying, do this. And, and especially my son just being like, no.
0: I I live in that world. I, (laughs) I live in that world. Although my daughter definitely follows more and I'm like, oh, so this is what it's like with easier kids. Right. All right. Yes. All right. So I understand a little more of your story. So thanks for sharing. So in kind of the bigger picture of mom rage, what do you think feeds into this and why does it happen? Is it just the constant nagging? What what are your thoughts? I think there's two, that we can look at mom rage on two
1: levels. I think on, there's this kind of surface level of what I was talking about, of just like kids are legitimately frustrating. Kids aren't listening. Why are they, my kid just dropped a jar and now there's glass everywhere. Like I'm overwhelmed. Motherhood Mm -hmm. is overwhelming and I'm going to you know, moms are in charge of so much and I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I think there's that superficial level of why does mom rage happen. And then below that, there's, I think there's a much bigger structural level and um, societal level at play in why mom rage is happening. And it that's, um, that there's no, there's so little systemic and structural support for, for moms and for families. Like, you know, there's no universal preschool, um, or, uh, paid, like good paid family leave for both, for both moms and dads or partners. Um, and the society is just not set up to really support mothers. And I think that that, um, lack of support makes motherhood absolutely, um, almost an an impossible task. And on top of it, there are, um, or this is, there's this, the societal expectation that uh, mothers are supposed to be thrilled, right? Mothers are supposed to be very happy because this is the best job that we'll ever have, um, and we should be grateful and blissed out in our gratitude. And so there is a there's a lot of pressure not to um, not to share and change what's frustrating because we're not supposed to be feeling it at all. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that's on top of it. Like we're having all the feelings from that superficial level and then we're like stuck inside the feelings.
0: Yeah. And for then those that are working outside the home or right now during COVID inside the home with kids. It's, it's exhausting from morning to night and the demands, like I was sitting at my table trying to get work done with both my kids there. And my daughters kept saying, will you get me this? Will you get me this? I'm like, I'm not your servant. I try to tell them that all the time. Mommy doesn't equal servant. And the constant asking, it just wears one down. And like you said, the expectations, we should be happy. We're June Cleaver. Like, it's just, I see what you're saying as a systemic level, mothers are not really set up to be, (laughs) maybe I could say like in a different way, like you're right. We're we have these images of motherhood and it's hard to meet that if we even want to.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're given an impossible standard to meet and no support to meet it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I can see how that happens. So so let's talk a little bit about, cause I know after I have some of my rageful moments, I'm going to out myself and say that it's funny cause I have people be like, you get angry. I'm like, like you're a yoga teacher. I'm like, Oh, you have no mm-hmm. idea. And I can feel like I'll have tolerance. I'll have tolerance. And then it's like a switch. And as my husband says, like the monster comes out mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not pretty. Um, and then I feel horrible. Horrible after. So then there's like this mom guilt and sense of shame and then fear of judgment from others, including partners. Can you mm-hmm. can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I call I call that time the shame spiral. Oh um, where for me it's like being back in my room, maybe that night, just like on my bed and feeling like the worst person in the world. Um and, you know, the, the, the rage has passed, right. And usually underneath the rage is some vulnerability, right. But the, that gets skipped right over whether, you know, it's like the vulnerability might be that I don't have any control and I'm, I'm afraid, mm-hmm. right. So that we skip right over that, go right to rage. And then, um, once the rage passes and we're alone, then all of our vulnerability comes back up, um, And we just feel so bad that we yelled at these, especially when the rage is towards the kids, like at these tiny little people who are so vulnerable and that we love so much. Uh, And it feels like, I mean, I think every mother I've talked to basically has said, I feel like the worst mom in the world. Like I'm a bad mom. And it's really hard to talk about it. And, you know, especially during during COVID, right. Cause we're in the house and assuming that you have a partner, right. You'd think the, your partner is the one you can talk to, but like, I don't know. I can't talk to my partner about it. Cause my partner is not an unbiased witness. You know, he like mo- mom, rage is not okay. Even though it's common, like it's, it's still not okay to like, to rage out at your child. And my partner's never going to say to me, it's okay. Cause it's his kid. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, I think the situation would be the same if it was reversed. You know, I don't think I'd be like, it's all right. You know, I think, um, and so I think it's really, that's why it's really important to find, um, unbiased witnesses and that could, it could be a therapist. And, um, I also find that mom friends who experience it are really important, especially mom friends who have more kids than me because they have you know, more empathy and know that it's hard and friends who have older kids who have been through some of it. I find that that telling that is like such a relief, you know, it's like that confession and then to have someone tell you you're still good basically.
0: Yeah. It seems Uh, so strange because it's such a, this this situation's not uncommon and yet it feels a bit closeted. Like people, Not a lot of people admit to having this rage, although I'm sure my neighbors are like, yep, rageful in that house (laughs) because they hear me yelling at times. But why do you think it's so closeted? Do you think it's just the shame?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there is just, you know what I was talking about, before this pressure of being a good mom, like there, I feel like the pressure of being a good mom start, you know, it starts in pregnancy. And then right now it's like, you know, deliver your baby with no drugs, only, only use breast milk. No, uh, don't leave your baby with a stranger. Don't get, uh, babysitters. Um, don't put your kid in childcare before they're a year old and don't go back to work before three months or a year or ever. Like there's all of these like ways to be the best mom and even though like i definitely wore my baby um in a carrier i feel like the whole attachment parenting thing has that potential also with the like being a good mom mm-hmm. uh pressure yes and yeah i just i think there's just so much pressure on moms and it is i think it's it's breaking in a way it is just it's claustrophobic yeah and I, yeah and we're ashamed you know i think there's a there's just so much shame around it and the, you know, I don't know that I'd call it a movement, but like, I just feel like the term mom rage has become more and more popularized in the last year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important and so healing for so many moms, because that feeling of being alone is, can be really detrimental.
0: Yes. All right. When we come back, I want to ask, because I know that you've been writing a book about this. Let's talk about the impact of our behavior on our kids and see if you have any insight on that. We'll be, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. Okay. We're back. So, and I know you're not a therapist, so I'm just figuring, cause you're writing about this, have you done any research or I'm just curious if there's any, what you found out about the impact of this behavior on our children? Cause I'm not sure like after I sometimes yell at my kids, I will talk to them and say, like, it wasn't right that I yelled at you. I'm sorry. And then in my brain, I'm like, am I setting them up for like an abusive relationship that, you know, Mm -hmm. after in that someone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I love you. That was wrong. And then it's fine. And then it happens again. So I'm not sure if any of your research for your book has covered that topic.
1: Not really. I have just begun okay. this book. Um so I haven't gotten there yet, but I do w- want to validate your fear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and say that um you know, I think I have wondered that and I imagine that every mom who experiences mom rage has, you know, has these fears around it and like what am I doing to my child? And on the one hand, you know, I think it depends. Everyone's mom rage looks different and how, you know, the frequency, the intensity, the situation. Um, I like to think that kids are very resilient. Um, and I think that the repair that you talked about is really important for, um, for moms and kids or moms and partners, um, to figure out how to do a good repair. And that saying I'm sorry and um, sh- pointing out our flaws and that mothers and grownups are fallible is um, is an important thing to show your kids and modeling like I think as we work on our mom rage it's really important to model how we're doing that and I I do that with my son with like deep breaths or like I'm an, I need a timeout so that I can like we can talk about this when I'm calmer you know that's an important way to show them you're allowed. I think we're allowed to show our kids that we're frustrated. Mm -hmm. I I hate the kind of, um, that parenting, it feels very fake to me in the, like, not showing your kids your emotions and acting like you like all food so that your kids will like all food. Like, I just feel like we're allowed to be us Mm -hmm. and the generation before us, uh, my parents' generation, I think they were a lot less, um Open about who they were and and less open about parents having flaws,
0: yes, yes, oh, I love that you said that, yes, because I'm trying to teach my kids that too. My husband are really conscious about you know we have flaws, especially if he and I fight, we show that we make up, and we also try to show that it's okay for us to take time to ourselves. And that that's okay, and that's actually helpful. Like my son, the other day, is like, "Why do you always do it downstairs and do yoga and ride your bike?" I'm like, "Because I need that." And mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, why?" I'm like, "Because I have to take care of myself." And I'm like, "And I want you to grow up knowing you should take care of yourself. That you have needs, and it's not just about tending to your family and kids." So I yep. like what you're saying about the modeling because we have so many opportunities to do that. And I think I definitely didn't see my parents showing anything like that, um, you know, modeling in that way.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I also don't necessarily believe that everything is, um, passed down. Like, I don't know that I believe that I'm messing my kid up or that I'm setting my kid up for something like rage in their future. I mean, what's not like, I don't remember my parents being rageful at me ever. So I'm like, it's all me. Um, yeah, I just think that, uh, I, I just, my answer is really, I don't know. Um, and that I have some more research to do, but I have definitely heard from some, um, some upset grownups who had, uh, rageful moms who, uh, talk about how damaging it is. So I think that there is something to explore there.
0: Yes. And that will, and I will remind myself that <laughs> next time I feel the monster bubbling. <laughs> and for listeners, I I feel like all I've painted myself is this crazy person. It doesn't happen that much. I just want to put it out. It's there, but it's not, it's not every day. So I, in case people are like, wow, she's a crazy person. I'm only a slight crazy person. All right. So I, well, yeah. I, and, I, and I think that that, like, that's part of that shame, like that,
1: you know, I, we can feel rageful, you know, twice a month have like an episode where we flip out and maybe it's not even that bad and we feel terrible about it. Right? We're like, "Oh my, you know, just saying you have mom rage, there's like all the shame around it, so we have to backpedal and be like it's actually not that bad.
0: It's actually You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I'm backpedaling. I just didn't want to paint myself as like an everyday thing. Oh. Yeah. So, yes, I have a little shame about it. It's there. <laughs> Clearly need to work on it. Okay. But this is not my therapy. So let's let's talk a little bit about how do you think COVID is creating, was adding to this because we're just with each other all the time.
1: Yeah. I think it is adding to it in so many ways. Um, I think that the loss of school is so, so humongous. I know that School is is back in session, um, but at least for me and for mom, or for parents of of little kids and parents with kids who need extra help or s- kids with disabilities or special needs, like there like it's not there is no break. Like school's gone in some ways. Like maybe our kid is still learning, but I'm not able to actually have time when my kid is in school. I'm constantly in and out of that room. Mm-hmm. So I think. And and I just think that school was like this great equalizer for moms, where, what like it was like the whole when when I had little kids, when they were well my daughter's still three, but when my son was really young before he was in school, I felt like school was the holy grail. Like everything's gonna be different once he's in school. Yeah, um, and then to you know, because it's like it's that time when all moms get to have a break and you get to have an identity besides mom. I think it's like, it's a mental health thing (laughs) in my opinion to have your kids in school. And so losing that, I think it's a humongous deal for mom's mental health. And then I think all of the, um, all of, you know, COVID has highlighted all the inequities across the board in the, you know, in the world, in the country. Um, and then especially at home. So I think there's a lot going on, um, for moms and their partners, you know, moms married to men around it, home inequity around work and what's happening. And it is just, it's blown up right now because it's all the time and no one's getting any self-care. Like there's no break to blow off that steam of frustration.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. So let's talk about, and I have, I'm going to kind of quote as dad rage. They may not be the dad, maybe they're a partner or But why is there such a thing as dad rage or other partner rage?
1: Um, you know, it's funny after the, the second New York times piece that I published, this one was in July, um, called I'm I'm going to physically explode mom rage in a pandemic Uh in the comment section. There were a bunch of dads that felt, that felt pretty left out uh, of the conversation and felt like it was unfair and like I was excluding dad rage. And, uh, in the, in the mom rage webinar that I do, I actually talk about dad rage and that I don't think that dad rage is a thing. And that doesn't mean that dad, that there aren't rageful dads. I'm sure there are rageful dads. Like rage is a, an equal opportunity experience, right? Anyone can feel rage. You don't even have to be a parent, you know? Um, but the difference is those, that systemic stuff and the societal pressure that I was talking about mm. that dads don't have. There's not that same pressure on dads to be perfect and happy while they're being perfect and beautiful while they're doing it. Like there's so, so much pressure on moms. Like dads just go to the park with their kid and strangers swoon that there's a dad playing with his kid. Like they don't have to do very much to get approval society-wise. You're so right.
0: You're so right. My mom was here last weekend and she's just like, Joey is so good at the kids. He's just with the kids all the time. Like, of course he's with them all the time. We all are here. But (laughs) she's like, your dad, you know, was out mowing the lawn, didn't really play with you guys. I'm like, that's a different generation. She's so impressed that he plays games (laughs) with the kids. Yes.
1: And, and that, you know, I think that men have come really far from a generation before. And I think that there's in, there's some ways that that makes it even harder to, to, to continue the change in a forward motion. Cause it's like, well, they are already doing so much more, Yeah, you know, like it's, it, I think it like, it's good and it complicates things. And also in terms of dad rage, Dads are not treated as the primary parent. They don't have that responsibility for the most part. Um, in so many ways, like moms are still the ones who are getting all the emails from all the things like, play, you know, play dates and school and all the extracurricular stuff. Like so much of the coordination and the care work still falls on mom as, as primary parent. And so while I think that dad's raging is not anything new. I don't think it gets the same title as mom rage. I
0: I agree. So we see that there's this huge pressure for the mom figure. What can we do to alleviate mom rage?
1: Um, I think the first, there's a few things. I think the first step is to, um, to take the judgment out of it so to um to allow yourself to be mad and to acknowledge the mad. Uh and to, you know, give yourself a little like rub on the arm or pat on the back and be like, yep, that's really frustrating. Own your anger. You're allowed to be mad, um, because you're not gonna be able to deal with it if you're not accepting the anger. Mm-hmm. And then the next step that I advise is to listen to your rage. I call it inviting your rage to tea because our rage, um, which Ruth King talked to me about. in for that article that our rage has wisdom to share and that rage is at the crossroads of transformation. And that if we, if we listen to it, we might actually figure out what, what we need. Like I think of, I like to think of rage as like this, this tender creature that's been, that's sort of gotten a bad name. And that if, if we actually invite it in and figure out what's happening with it, we might be able to learn what it needs.
0: Can can I kind of throw you on the spot and ask, because you're saying that I'm like, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? Have you sat with it and be like, what is it telling me I need? Like, have, what have you figured out about that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, another piece of it is also, you know, an, of listening to it is studying it, right? Uh-huh. Like trying to figure it out. And so I have done some studying of it and tried to notice where there are patterns, you know, like, did I, do I, how long has it been before I've eaten when I flip out or, uh, you know, what are the situations? Is it always about not listening? Is it always about this? Is it always about that? And for me, I have figured out that uh, a lot of my triggers are about, um uh, being a woman in patriarchy. <laughs> so, um, there's a, there's people who say that, um, that rage is about a, a childhood trauma and figuring out what that childhood trauma is. Being a woman in patriarchy doesn't exactly feel like a childhood trauma. Um, but, it's, it, it feels connected and it feels right. Like I will get really frustrated. Um, if I feel like my son is disrespecting me as a woman, like if, um, if I tell him that he's he that video time's over and he goes to his dad to get a different answer.
0: Ooh, yeah. I could see that. Or, pissing off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or if I feel like, um, if I tell him not to do something, I feel like he's, um, he is adding to or ignoring women's work. Like if, if he drops his half full cereal bowl into the sink and the cereal and the milk splatter all over the counter in the window and he leaves it for me to clean up after I've told him not to, that will like set me off. And of course he is not like, he doesn't know anything about women's work and he's not trying to disrespect me as a woman. Right. But those are like, those are my sensitive spots. And those are places where I will freak out. And it's because of that thing that's happening underneath it around like my woundedness around being a a woman in patriarchy.
0: Oh, I like that. Okay. So it's an opportunity to step back and be like, what is triggering? Because as you're saying that, I, I noticed about myself when I get these triggers, it's usually a bigger reaction when I'm already stressed about something else tending to be about work, which is often a control situation. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that it really, I like that take it to tea and study it because if we maybe can understand what's simmering underneath, then the triggers maybe won't be so big. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? <laughs> is that making sense?
1: Yeah. And we might, if, if we have the like cognition to be like oh this is about this like if we're able to if we're able to really get that then we might be able to stop ourselves in the moment and be like i'm triggered around patriarchy like he's doing that thing you know and we might be able to and if we can have that thought then we're not thinking How dare you? Like, you know what I mean? The, like the righteous indignation of rage might get pushed back for a second. And instead we might be able to be like, oh my God, five deep breaths, five deep breaths. Like, I think, you know, pushing away that, that ignition of flame is like what, what learning about rage is trying to do.
0: That's so great, all right, so I feel like I interrupted you. Was there more stuff that you wanted to say? Take it to tea, study it. Was there anything else you wanted to offer about alleviating the mom rage?
1: Oh, the other piece is um how can dads help or you know it can be partners too, but I feel like for a lot of people I've talked to um it's women who are married to men there There's a lot of rage around um Around stuff in the home, around you know gender and work, domestic work, so another piece is just um making you know making a list around what would actually be helpful so that you feel as a mom you feel taken care of, and so you know I have made lists around that, but I think that every mom's list would kind of look different mm-hmm.
0: so it, it could be
1: did it help me, yeah. Well, I didn't actually make the list for myself. I made the list for other people. Okay. (laughs) I think, I, I think it has actually. So one of the things on my list is, um, for the dad to get, um, for the dad to be in communication and have their email on all communications. So that when someone emails about a play date, you're both on that email when the teacher emails about something or the special ed person emails about something, they are on the email. So, so then I, as the mom don't have the extra job of then explaining what's happening to the dad because mm-hmm. it gives me extra work. Um, and so I have worked really hard on that, on like telling every person, please, CC, my partner on each one, on every email that you send me and having him do it too. Like when someone sends me a date email and he write and my partner writes them back. And then I'm just like, you know, hanging out in the dining room on the computer. And I get that email and I see that he has taken care of all the communication. I could not love him more. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, and I wrote him an email. I wrote him an email back and I was like, Every time you write, you, you write to this lady about the play date, I feel so much gratitude and desire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. If I said that to my husband, he would be like, Oh, yes. And I will do it all the time. I like that positive feedback you're giving him. I yeah. think I need to use that. That's smart. <laughs> all right. So before we start to wrap up, is there any, is there anything else about mom reads you want to add that I haven't asked? And then I do a uh, couple more questions after that. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I guess
1: we talked about it, but I I guess the repair feels really important. Yeah. Um, making sure that that happens, that it doesn't just go away and the next day and nothing ever got said about it to whoever the rage was towards. That you know, I think that repair piece is huge, and also finding finding those people, finding those unbiased witnesses, whoever they are, whether it's therapy or a, you know, mom rage group or just some mom friends and making like a steady, like weekly date to vent. Um, that just feels so important.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay. We're going to take one more break. and we come back, is there one tip or piece of advice you would like to offer to new or expectant parents? We'll be right back. So you've been a parent for a while Let's <laughs> What one tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new or expectant parents? Yeah,
1: I think I would, I would say to figure out, um, like a multi-tiered support system for once you become parents, even if you don't need it now, like a contingency plan, um, So that might be what family or friends are going to be, you know, your babysitting pod crew. Now pod is like this wonderful term after COVID. I think we should take it away even when COVID's over. Um, You know, people that you can, multiple families that you can rely on to take your children so that you can go away for a weekend or just the afternoon. Um, I think so many people don't have that and it is really important um, and people who love to spend time with your kids so that, that you don't have any guilt when you leave. Yeah. And also for, um, I would recommend having a few therapists and couples therapists like at the ready, maybe, you know, but while you're pregnant, um, you know, you guys calling them and interviewing them and having your top three picks. Cause I feel like for therapy, half the, once you actually are like, oh my God, I have to go to therapy or we have to go to therapy. the hardest thing is to actually find the therapist. Mm -hmm. So if you already have them in your back pocket, I think that can be extremely helpful.
0: That's a great tip. That is a fantastic tip. All right, where can people find your work? Uh you can find it on my website, which is
1: minadubin.com, M-I-N-N-A-D-U-B-I-N. Uh there is you can sign up for the newsletter at the top of the website. There's a little bar where you can enter your email and I put in publication news there. Uh you can follow me on Instagram at mom lists or on Twitter at Minadubin.
0: I will make sure all of that will be in the show notes. I really appreciate your time talking about this. It is such an important topic. As we mentioned, it's kind of a closeted topic and a shameful topic. So by putting it out there and discussing it and normalizing it, I think people can come together and and take some of that pressure off and see what this is about. So thank you. Yeah. And
1: future uh, Mom Rage webinars are in the works. So I would encourage Uh, following me if you're interested in maybe joining one in the future. Thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk
0: about those. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.